Okay, Shalom Aleichem Rabotai. An honor to be here in the Yeshiva of Great Neck. <coughs> and to share Divre Torah. And the topic of our discussion today is going to be the foundation of Psak by Chachmim Morocco. And when we discuss the foundation of Psak by Chachmim Morocco, we're talking about a very, very rich Masura that has been dating back from the time of the Megurashim, from the, the time of those who were expelled from, the, from, from Spain and brought with them the Torah of the Migurashim and brought with them the Torah of the, of the, of the, of the Rishonim, almost the Rishonim, and, and what it was based on. And the reason why it's so important to understand the foundation of Psakalacha, especially according to Chachmim Morocco, is because not only is it very well founded, and not only it circumvents many, many of the halachic uh, questions that there are nowadays, and not only is it very, um, very clear on how to be posek, but it also gives a, a, a connection to the past, and it makes a person keep that masora that was the psakalacha from Sfarad. When we talk about Sfaradim, the Sfaradim is from Chachmi Sfarad, <coughs> And in 1492, when the Megurashim, those who were expelled from Spain, came to different countries, that's what formed the Sfaradim. 50,000 Jews, according to the Abar Benel in the Sefer Zevach Pesach, came to Morocco. Within two years, there was only 20,000 left, unfortunately, because there was a... There was a plague, there was fire, and there was, uh, there was a, a lot of disarray. Unfortunately, that was one of the um, casualties of collateral damages of the Girush Sfarad, which was uh, such a tragedy. And the Migurashim were left 20,000 of them in the city of Fez and, and around. That's what started structuring the basis of Moroccan Psak. A lot of Migurashim went to Turkey, a lot of Migurashim went to, um, to Tunisia, to, some went to Egypt, some even went to Syria. Which is why there is a common denominator by Sfaradim. Not as much Iran and Iraq, that's more called Edut Mizrach, that were based much less on the Torah of the Migurashim. But when we talk about the Sfaradim, we're talking about the Ma'arav, which is Morocco, Tunisia, Algeria, uh, uh, Turkey, uh, Yavan. I, I, um, I remember one year we were traveling back from Eretz Israel, from Montreal to Eretz Israel. This is my, my sister's wedding, so this must be, uh, must be 18 years ago or, or something. And, and, um, and we got stuck in, in, in Greece because that was our stopover and something that never, ever happens, which is a, a strike in Ben-Gurion Airport. And, and we got stuck there. We got stuck there for Shabbat. So I, I, I prayed with the uh, Athens community, and I noticed so many minagim, they have are the same as ours, which is they also have their Sefer Torah that are rolled, that have the cloth on it, and, and, and a lot of the minagit filah, and 
it clicked that they were also from the Megurashim. So it's the, the source of many minagim are the same. And <coughs> these minagim came from generally from a place in, Morocco, in, in Spain called Castilia, which the, the, the Ran lived in that area, the Magid Mishnah lived in that area, the Rosh had, had a lot of Hashpa'a because his son, the Tur, lived in that area, much less the Rashba and the, the Ramban that were from Katlona. And, and, the, and the, the, the Rosh was, was the Rabban Shel Kolas Faradim. It's written in the, in, the, in the Bet Yosef. He accepted upon himself three Chachamim, that, I have the exact language over here, this is the I took upon myself the, the, to decide Allah based on the three Amude which was the Rif, Rambam, and Rosh, that the reason why the Bet Yosef took the Rosh as one of the Amude was not because to take a token Ashkenazi there. No. The Rosh was actually much more influential in Sephardic Psak than anyone else because that's what the Abu Dram writes. The Marashach writes, The Rav Yaakov Ibn Sur from Chachmim Morocco writes, Where the Rosh says, that's where our head goes. That's where the, the Rosh was the, 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 the biggest influence. And and when the, the Migurashim came with the Torah of the Rosh, eventually they accepted upon themselves Marana Shulchan Aruch. They were the first to accept upon themselves the 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 Horav Marana Shulchan Aruch. So we're talking about the great Gedolim of Sfarad who came to to Morocco and established the Derech Hapsak. There was there were. I'm just going to mention to you very quickly seven or eight fundamental principles of Moroccan Psak and how. The Dayanim were posek. When I say the Dayanim, if you open up the Teshuvot of Rabbi Rafael Ankawa of Pa'amone Zahav, who was very recent, he was the chief rabbi in Morocco in the twenties, and if you if you go even uh, earlier back to Rabbi Yitzchak ben Walid, Vayomer Yitzchak, it is quoted in the Sifrei Acharonim like Yabi Omer hundreds of times. If you if you go back even further to the Sfarim of the Tukvosh of Yosef, Rabbi Yosef El Maliach. If you go back even further to the Sfarim of Rabbi Yaakov Ben Sur, who was known as the Ya'avetz Sfaradi from Fez, who was on the Bedin that the Orachim HaKadosh went to get Askama from. And if you go to the Bedin of Fez at that time, Rabbi Yudah Ben Atar El Kabir, who was, who was known as the, one of the greatest Sephardic Acharonim that ever lived, Rabbi Yudah Ben Atar, they all write this language. As a matter of fact, when Ravavad Yosef brings the statement, maran afilu elif poskim, that's, he's quoting the language of Rabbi Yaakov Ibn Sur, Mishpat Zutak Rabbi Yaakov. The, the, um, if you go back even further, then you have the, the great Rabbi Shaul Serero, or the, the great, uh, uh, the, 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 the great Rav Ram Ben Musa, the great, the great, um, uh, the, the great Rabbanim that were like the second or third generation of the Megurashim, who, who, who established Takanot, who established very, very specific enactments and mehalchim and darkya psak that were given from generation to generation. So when we speak about these klalim, it has to be with great reverence that it was coming from a tradition of Sfarad, of Sephardic psak and Sephardic Jewry. So when we talk about Sephardic psak, we're not talking about, uh, you know, opening up, uh, you know, a charonim that 
nowadays or from 200 years or 100 years ago. We're talking about something that's originating from Chachmis Farad, that the Tur writes also in many places, Minhag Sfarad, that, the, that we're very influenced by. Another sefer that was very influential by the, by the Moroccan jury was the sefer Abu Draham, which was one of the Rishonim quoted in the Bet Yosef many times. And there the Abu Draham was also from this area in Castilia, which is why there was so much influence. The, the Abu Draham was, uh, was quoted in the sefer Noeg Bechochma, of Rabbi Yosef uh, Ben Naim from the city of Fez, uh, it was in the, in the 60s. His actually his whole library is is not far away in YU. It's stored over there. And he Rabbi Yosef Ben Naim writes that 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 the, uh, that the minhagia tefillah in Fez and in Morocco were based on the Abu Draham. A lot of different minhagim that that are that are brought down in the Bet Yosef is based on the Abu Draham because that was a lot of the hashpa'a of the. Sephardic Psak was from the Abu Yosef, the Abu Dram of the Rosh, and then obviously the Bet Yosef and the Shulchan Aruch took the prime precedence. But we still have Minagim from the Rosh that all Sephardic communities keep. For example, in uh, the laws of, of eating Chamin on Shabbat, we are lenient, like the opinion of Hananiah, that as long as Ma'achal is Ma'achal ben Drosai, you don't need to cover the pot, you don't need to cover the, the ashes or whatever else. That's because the, even though Shulchan Aruch says not that way, we followed the Rosh because Benesel Adukim be Mitzvat Onik Shabbat. You can't tell them not to have their, uh, their, their, their Chamin the way they wanted. And the Rav Ovadia, Rav Ben Sion, they all say the Minag is like the Rosh over here because the, the Rosh had, had this influence. Majority of things, not that way. Majority of things, we, we, if when the Bet Yosef decided something against the Rosh, that's where it's followed. But there are many, many places in the Bet Yosef where he's leaning, he leans like the Rosh because it was such a strong Ashba, especially if it's two out of the three, that that's how the Halacha was decided. Another, um, another you know, and, and once the Sfaradim accepted upon themselves the, the Migurashim, accepted upon themselves the Bet Yosef, the, the Shulchan Aruch and his Klal of two out of three, uh, they, they accepted the Shulchan Aruch in such a strong manner that it's, it's much more, um, it's much stronger than other Kehilot. The, 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 for example, by Birkat Milah, Brit Milah, by the Edut Mizrach, who didn't follow the Shulchan Aruch to the same degree that Edut Ba'arav. And they, and they, and they, for example, they, they, uh, if you look at a Brit Milah by Chachmea Mizrach, they say the Birkat Lachnushesh Lavram Avinu before the, before the Bracha of the Chituch and the Priya, which is against the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says to do it between the Priya, uh, between the, 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 the Chituch and the Priya. But uh, in, in, the, in the Sfaradim of, the, of, of Morocco, did the Bracha like the Shulchan Aruch. And the Ashkenazim also do this way, between the Chituch and the Priya. Also the Kos Sheva Barachot, there was only one cup, that's like that Maran Shulchan Aruch, don't follow that. Many examples that I, 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 could, uh, I could delineate were Chachmea Ma'arav were very, um, were very um, connected to the Psakim Maran Shulchan Aruch in a much more uh, diligent way than other Edot. Another, another, um, another very important klal by Chachmea Ma'arav was the acceptance of uh, the Ramah. The acceptance of the Ramah. Although, any time where there's a machloket between Shulchan Aruch and Ramah, the halacha by the Sfaradim is to follow the Shulchan Aruch, but when the Shulchan Aruch doesn't express his opinion, and the Ramah expresses his opinion. 
And the Ramah expresses opinion, and then there's a bunch of Acharonim that attack the Ramah, like the Shach, the Taz, the Magan Avram, and others. So how do we follow? So the Ashkenazi communities will not always follow the Ramah. They'll sometimes go to the Shach, the Taz, and others. By the, Sephardic, by the Moroccan communities, they accepted Moram, which is the Ramah, stronger than other Puskim. When Shulchan Aruch didn't speak, they accepted Moran, Moram, Ke'elef Puskim. It's written in all the Klalim of the Chachmeh Morocco. It was also written this way in the Klal of, in, 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 in the Klal that if there would be a Yesh Omrim and, and a Yesh Cholkim, I'll read you the exact language, that If there was a difference of opinions that Yeshomrim and Yeshomrim, and then the Ramah writes, we follow like one opinion. So usually if Ramah doesn't write anything, Yeshomrim and Yeshomrim, we follow the second Yeshomrim. But if the Ramah wrote an opinion, we would follow the Ramah. This happens in Choshen Mishpat many times. The Sefer Pa'amun Zahav, which was one of the most central Sfarim on Choshen Mishpat for anybody learning Choshen Mishpat. My friend told me that Rav Pinchasi from Medici Israel said that the way to learn Choshen Mishpat is the day Shulchan Aruch, Bed Yosef Shulchan Aruch, and afterwards you have to learn Pa'amun Zahav from Rabbi Yifailan Kawa, which is systematic in, in explaining Psaq. And there he says in the Psaq a lot of times, if the Ramah expressed one opinion in which Yeshumrim we go by, that, that's, uh, uh, that's how we're posek. Another klal by Chachmeh Morocco was if it's written Yeshumrim v'yesh Cholkim, then although if there is a big discussion, does Yesh Cholkim mean like Ve'yesh Omrim, which means you follow the second Yesh Omrim? The Kabbalah from Rabotenu in Fez was to go like the first Yesh Omrim, like Sefer Pirchei Shoshanim writes. So there are those who argue, but but th- there's a there's an important dynamic over there. So how many Kalim do we say so far? Number one is that uh, the, the Rosh and the Abu Dram were a big Hashpa'ah on the, on the, on the Chachmeh Morocco. Number two, uh, the Chabim Morocco accepted the opinion of Maran str- very, very strongly, like uh, more than that, like, like the Sefer Edut Behi Yosef, right? Sefer Yosef Samaon, Kibal Norod Maran, Yoter Vyoter, Bama'arav Mikola Kilot Achirot. And then you have that the, if Maran didn't express his opinion, we follow the opinion of Moram, of the Ramah. Then you have when it's written, Yesh Omrim Vyesh Cholkim, some say that we follow the first Yesh Omrim. And there's another klal, a very important klal by Chachmei Morocco, that the Kabbalah of Marana Shulchan Aruch was defined as a Kabbalah only in what was written in the Bet Yosef and the Shulchan Aruch. Not what was written in the Afkat Rochel, in the Sotut Shuvat Bet Yosef, or in the Kesef Mishneh, or even in the Ber Kabayit. It was limited to the Bet Yosef and Shulchan Aruch. And the logic behind it, Rabbi David Uvadia writes in a Ma'amar in the Sefer Nagua Am, a very important Ma'amar, is that the acceptance of the of the Shulchan Aruch was based on his Derech HaPsak of two out of three, which the Rav of the Bet Yosef was the Mari Beirav. Mari Beirav was actually in Morocco, and he taught this rule of Tre Migutlat, two out of three. So it was already a, a rule that was very well known and accepted in Morocco. So when Maran Abed Yosef came along and adopted this rule as a Derech HaPsak, so it was very well accepted, you could imagine, in Morocco, because that's how the Derech HaPsak was always kept, throughout the generations. So that is another very important klal. Another important klal 
is in davar shebe'erva, anything that had to do with, with, um, with, with, with marriage, that chaz v'sholem, if we're going to be lenient, the mamzer could come out of it. So that's such a, an, an important klal, that even if maran wrote one way, we're machmir against maran by davar shebe'erva. And many sfaradim follow this klal, that we're machmir on davar shebe'erva. Um, The opinion of most Sephardic poskim, Moroccan poskim as well, was that when there's stam v'yeshomrim, we follow like the stam, and it's not like uh, I, the, the Kafachayim writes that you could you should be machmer like the yeshomrim wherever you can. It doesn't seem to be that was the opinion of the Sephardic Acharonim. They went much more with the uh, with the with the stam the yeshomrim. And here I want to say an important point that if you got the impression right now of what I listed of all the Sephardic poskim, which was that they were very, very connected to the Derech HaPsak of Marana Shulchan Aruch. And nowadays there's a lot of discussion uh, on the Psakim of, of uh, the Ben Ishchai, of the Kafachayim, and of Rav Ovadia Yosef. Just to give a perspective, Rav Ovadia Yosef, one of his life missions was to be mechazik, the opinion of Marana Shulchan Aruch. Whereas, if you take a look at the Kafachayim, the Ben Ishchai, they deviated a little bit, a little bit more freely from this. They were more machmir, not like the Shulchan Aruch. The uh, the Derech Hapsak of Rav Avad Yosef is is much closer to the Moroccan Derech Hapsak than that of the Chachmei Kabbalah of I mentioned the Ben Ishchai and others, because. Because Rav Avad Yosef adopted the Moroccan poskim's uh, approach of and not only Moroccan poskim, the Turkish and all the other Sephardic poskim, which is more, which is more straightforward. According to Maran, of course, we're choshesh for the Arizal in many other places, but the crux of the Alacha is based on Maran and Shulchan Aruch. So Rav Avad Yosef was actually mechazik very much the Derech HaPsak of Moroccan Poskim, which is a misconception. People think that since he came out on certain minhagim, so it's like there's a big machloket between Ravadian and Moroccans, there's certain issues there was a contention in, especially whether certain minhagim should be followed in Eretz Yisrael. Bar those issues, you have 80 or 90% where he was mechazik very much, the general, uh, the general ofen and Derech HaPsak of, of, uh, of, of, um, of, of Halacha, that was the Masora of Sephardic Psak for generations. So I think that's general and important perspective and important point to keep out. I wanted to I wanted to um, wanted to continue with this and uh, and just bring a few uh, a few key examples where the 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 Masora and and uh, the Masora of the Psak of the Sfaradim is something that is getting lost and is something that there is a, um, I would say, a confusion and, 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 and it's just because research was not done to it and myself included, that we look at things nowadays and we think it's one way but it's really the opposite. There was many examples that, that, that I thought a certain thing was that maybe the Moroccans got from the Ashkenazim and maybe the Eduta Mizrach were from the Sephardim was the original Sephardic thing, and maybe in Moroccans they were influenced, and the opposite happened to be true. After I researched it, the opposite uh, the opposite happened to be true. For example, the Brachon Halal. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a few examples. The, the Brachon Halal. <coughs> Moroccans make a Bracha on Halal, on Rosh Chodesh, and any time where there's Chatzia Lel, Ashkenazim do as well. Eduta Mizrach, 
do not do a brachan hal. Do not do a brachan hal. So you would think, okay, Moroccans just did like Ashkenazim over here, and that's it. That's only for somebody who doesn't learn the sources. But if you would learn the sources in Hilchot Rosh Chodesh, one will notice that the opinion of the Rif, Meiri brings us as well, that the Sephardic custom and the opinion of the Rif was that a bracha on Halel, on Chatzi Halel, is said, Likroet Halel, Bitsibur. That was the Minag of the Sephardic countries. The Ran writes that this is the Minag of the Sephardic country. Magid Mishnah writes the Sephardic countries. The Beit Yosef writes that this was the Sephardic Minag. Beit Yosef himself, the Beit Yosef himself uh, did this when he was in Sfarad. And it's very possible even when he moved to Eretz Yisrael, he kept on uh, making a bracha now because he writes in Shilotu Tshuvat Beit Yosef, I didn't deviate from any of my Minhagim that I did once I was in Eretz Yisrael. This was the Minhag in most Sephardic countries. If you even ask the the the... Uh, the Persians, this was the original minhag. They changed at a certain point. How it changed, why it changed, I don't know. But that was that was the custom in Morocco, in Tunisia, in Algeria. Everywhere else was Sfarad, Sfaradim, they did. Uh, the Rambam writes not to make a brachan hal, and that was the minhag in Eretz Yisrael by the Mistu Aravim, not the Sfaradim. The original Eretz Yisrael, uh, a kehilot there, did like the Rambam, that they didn't do a brachan hal because you don't do a brachan and minhag. And the, the, the question is, is that so... This is a perfect example that the original Minhag Sfarad was to make a bracha on Halal, like the Ran, the Magid Mishan, the Bet Yosef, right? And the Rif, who was the, one of the great Sephardic commentators, writes that this, is the, this, was, this was the Alakha. Whereas the Rambam says not that way, which was a very great opinion. And Eduta Mizrach, some Eduta Mizrach, adopted that opinion, especially the Syrians and, and, and others. But it's not a... Ashkenazim, Sephardim. Ashkenazim have another opinion. They do Halal even B'yachid. A brachan Halal even B'yachid, like the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. So it's just a matter of knowing what are the minagim. Some say that the, the, they, they notice that some of the Sifret Torah by the Moroccans are not in a box. They're in uh, they're Begelila. I remember when I was growing up, I would sometimes be with the Syrian community. I was like, oh, isn't this like Ashkenazim, they would ask me. So I, I, I pointed out to them that on the contrary, this was the original Sifre Torah, how they were in the time of Chazal. Rav Meir Mazuz brings a proof to this because it's written in the Halakha that you're not allowed to be golel Sefer Torah mitoch tik. You're not allowed to be golel Sefer Torah in its own covering, in its own box. Now if you have the boxes the way that the Eduta Mizrach have nowadays, so that's being golel Sefer Torah in its box. So Rabbi Sinu Ashol points this out and he says he has a few yeshuvim why it will be allowed. But essentially, the Gemara says that it wasn't that way. You weren't allowed to do a Sefer Torah mitochatik. This was, this, was, this was how the Sefer Torah throughout the generations were. Now, the difference between Moroccan and, and Ashkenazi Sefer Torah is by the Moroccan Sefer Torah, they have like a cloth cover around it. And that's also to circumvent the very important issue of not touching a Sefer Torah arum. There's an Ode Bihuda which just discusses, let's say a Sefer Torah has its, um, has its um, uh, Atzichayim, is that, is, is that considered that you're still touching a Sefer Torah Arum? We are Machmer, which is why we have a cover, which is why it's, it's, it's not like you're touching a Sefer Torah Arum. That's an important custom. It makes it harder for the people to do Glila, Hagba'ah, or Mariaktav, because they have to lift a, a, a Sefer Torah much stronger. But that's, that's another example where you would think, well, it's a Sefer Torah, maybe it came from Ashkenazi sources. Rav Mazuz points out this was the original Sephardic Sefer Torah. I don't know where it evolved, when it evolved, and it's it's a much more in style nowadays to have the Sefer Torah that are in boxes, but it comes at a price. It, it, you're, you, have a, you have to be miyashiv, why it's not called Golil Sefer Torah Mitochatik. 
So another example that I that I I'm guilty of myself that I I just um, researched. Maybe I'll give a sure at length more at it. Was that people would ask me for years, what's with the uh, Moroccans that they wear stripes on their talit? Talit should be white on white, like the other Eduta Mizrach. Talit should be white on white, and I was. I was guilty of that, and I told myself, uh, probably that's what they sold, but there's no real reason to it. Stripes, not stripes, gold. Uh, that's what I told myself at the beginning, and it's just because I was lacking basic education. I had an opportunity. Somebody asked me uh, from Lakewood a few months ago, because in Lakewood, the Moroccans are, are, are very much in the Syrian community, and they want to identify as different. They know that they wear black. They wear black, black stripes. I said, okay, maybe, I don't know, is it really a big deal? White, black, who cares? Like, obviously, who cares? The Rav of the Trumat Adesh and the Leket Yosher writes that the Minhag was to have stripes on the Talit to remind us Zecher Latchelet. To remember Zecher Latchelet. The Primigadim in Orachayim Simantet brings from the Elia Rabau, brings from his Zikno, that the reason why we have stripes on our Talit is to remind ourselves of Zecher Latchelet. Wow. There's the source. They're going to tell me, I realize that, but what does that have to do with Moroccans? That's Ashkenazim. Moroccans never had such a custom. So a, a dear friend of mine, Rabbi Yosef Peres from Panama, uh, showed me that the Sefer of Rabbi Moshe Toledano, the Sefer Melechet Kodesh, a Perush on Chumash, was recently printed. And there he writes in Parashat Ruman, Rashi says that Tchelet is Yarok, ask Moshe Toledano, it's not, yeah, we know it's not Yarok, we know that it's a color that we say in Arabic, um, Samoya, uh, Samoya, uh, uh, I don't say, I'm not saying it right in Arabic, my Arabic is not so polished. <coughs> I only know the bad words. So, so they, 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 it's written over there, it's, 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 it's a, a, a blue color, he says. Like, says Rav Moshe Toledano, and I could show you the source afterwards, inside, I saw it inside. <coughs> like we have on our talitot, uh, stripes of tchelet, of a color, of this color, all around the talit. There you have it, a source that we had stripes on our talitot. From Rabbi Moshe Toledano, from the Toledano family, that this source which originally from, <coughs> from Sfarad, the, and, and, that was clear that that's what was done in Morocco. It wasn't random. And here I am thinking, and I should have known by now, since I have been dealing with Minagim for so many years, and I, I should have given the benefit of the doubt to the Minhag, and I failed. And I was proven wrong. You have to be very careful knowing where things come from. Now, why black? I don't know when it evolved to black, and definitely somebody, you know, the Belzer Hasidim have dark blue. The, the, the talitot that you see that have blue, that's not tchelet. That's very, uh, a very different type of blue. I don't know if that's zecher tchelet. But the Belzer Hasidim wear a dark blue talit, which is, which is the, the color of tchelet is very similar to a dark blue or dark black. Or uh, uh, almost black. I'm sorry. Dark blue, similar to black. I found a wrong, so I have a suggestion why black. It could be I'm wrong, but I found somebody else write this as well. A Diane from Haifa write this as well. Is that black symbolizes the, 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 the Rambam in Chutzitzit writes, what color is, uh, is the, is, is, uh, is the, is the tchelet? He says, you take a chilazon fish and you extract its blood, vidyo shachor. And it's black, uh, it's black shachor, and then they make it blue somehow, or they make it tchelet. 
whatever that color is, I'm not getting into that controversy, and they make it chilet. And there is an isur of wearing a col- on your tzitzit of blue that's domilet chilet kala de ilan, that people are going to think that that's chilet, there's an isur to wear that. So I'm suggesting it could be that we wanted to deviate a little bit from chilet because to keep the kala de ilan became black. Could be that it was dark blue and it evolved to black also, but it's all zecher latchelet. So whether it's dark blue, whether it's black, there's a strong source. Where does the source of wearing white on white come from? The talit has to be white. Talit shel mitzvah. many sources from the Zora Kadosh and from the Gemara, from the, from the Ramak. I could speak about it, Barichut, another time. And it has to be white. Now the Prima Gadim says as long as the majority of the Beged is white, it's fine. Ben Yishchai writes this as well. But Rav Mutsafi Shlita in Meveseret Sion Chelek Aleph Siman Yud Gimel says it could be that we were only talking about that the Ben Ishchai was talking about a little bit of, of, of stripes around but a lot of stripes that not I don't know where the Hechrach to say that is it's telling Iker Abeged Iker means Rov doesn't mean the 20% or 25% how do we know that but Al Kol Panim Eduta Mizrach it seems to be they wanted to have Kulo White so they started adopting that where does it come from there's a Marashal in Yamshil Shlomo in Yevamot, uh, Perak Aleph, I think it's Osiman Gimel, who writes that the Talit, even the even the Meshi is 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 white, even the Atara is white, and everything else is white. So here you have the Minhageduta Mizrach is Beit Marshal and Ashkenazi. Not only that, uh, and the Sharei Tshuva brings it down as Siman Dalid. So the sources of a white on white Talit originally comes from Ashkenaz, and that's what Aduta Mizrach have. The sources of a black Talit, which I saw Babasali's Talit himself was black. Was, was, was white and, and black stripes. And that comes from Sfarad, as we know from Rabbi Moshe Toledano. So each thing you see, you think is one way, it's not necessarily, it could be the other. So those who have a, 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 a minhag of wearing black stripes, a minhag kadosh, a minhag of wearing stripes, whether it's dark blue or whether it's black, I'm not getting it, but stripes is a minhag kadosh. And that's something definitely should be kept. And that's, that's just another example where it plays itself out that you think a minhag is one way and it's not the other and everything is dependent upon a suya. So I think I gave a brief overview of minagim, of minage, of minage Morocco, minage Sfarad in general and, and, and uh, I gave that perspective and I hope that, uh, that this is a, a really a lesson for us to learn things in depth and understand the sugya and come with reverence whenever we come, and I'm giving Musr to myself, come with reverence to Minhage Yisrael, Minhage Yisrael Torahem, and, and definitely it's a, a part and parcel of our Masoret Apsak. Chazak Baruch.